This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top Ten. Why? everyone and welcome back to another awesome episode of the top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host Tia and we have, I'm so excited about this, the return of, I'm doing a drum roll right now but I know you can't hear it, AJ. How are you tonight, AJ? <laughs> what's up, what's up? I'm sorry I've been slacking on Geek Vibes lately. I've just been working my ass off it's, just to save up money for Florida. Almost there. Is, perfectly fine. It is perfectly fine. I know that normally we do the uh, Geek Vibes in the morning on Sundays. We're doing it tonight, Saturday, because tomorrow Tia is going to the Renaissance Fair. Yes, very, it, it's like, it's like a old-timey version of Comic-Con. So I'm going to the old-timey version of Comic-Con a week, at, a week before actually going to Comic-Con, which Speaking of, I'm going with Brittany, who's here with us tonight. How are you doing, Brittany? And then you start hearing the John Cena music start playing. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm great. Like I was telling y'all earlier, uh, we got the cat under the blanket with me, except the other cat decided to come run over here like, hey, what's up? I feel like y'all are doing something without me. But yes, I'm very excited for New York Comic Con. More excited to see Precious Tia, but you know what? New York Comic Con is pretty amazing too. <laughs> Super jealous. I'm, gl- Super jealous. I'm glad that I'm glad that you mentioned John Cena, by the way, because it reminds me of all the hilarious memes that people were putting out when James Gunn announced the official The Suicide Squad cast list, and obviously John Cena was there, and people were like, "How could you kill him when you can't even see him?" <laughs> So I, I thought that was hilarious. So little John Cena moment there. But uh, I'm not sure. John Cena probably was born during this time. But this list is the best, the top 10 movies from the 1980s. I feel like there are so many classics from the 80s, um, so many awesome films that came out during that decade that we just had to go through a list of these because I, I don't know about you, but I feel like so much of my childhood consisted of 80s movies. I think it's still probably the best era for action movies. There are so many like uh, teen movies there and just instant classics. So I think that we should just dive right into it because we got the three of us here tonight. And AJ, since you haven't been with us for a while, you're going to start off the list. So give us your number 10 movie from the 1980s. Okay. But first of all, I want to say that I was born in 96. So I was even <laughs> oh, well, born, like, you I should say really quick that none of us on this podcast were even born in the 80s, which is ironic that we're doing that <laughs> from the 80s. We were all 90s, we're all 90s children. <laughs> The best year. 94 represent. 1990. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start off strong. I'm going to start off strong with the best movie of the 80s. 
Okay. I'm going to choose Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars. Oh. Coming in strong. I was scared that somebody was going to pick it, so I just went ahead and just chose that as my number one. Um, Of course, everybody knows the the iconic scene where Luke and Vader um, meet, and Vader tells them that I am your father. Then you just get that beautiful emotion from Mark Hamill. Perfection, by the way. Um, You get Han and Leia's relationship. Um, Yoda and Luke training on Dagobah. Uh, I love the comedic timing between all the characters, especially Han, Leia, Han, Luke. Basically, anybody with Harrison Ford. Incredible. Um, The score, you can't. You can't forget about the score. John Williams, beautiful. Um, <laughs> the controversy of Luke and Leia kissing. Uh, Battle of Hoth. What was it Hoth? Yes, it was Hoth. Um, I felt like it was one of the best um, war, not war. Anyway, battle sequence in Star Wars history. So I'm choosing Star Wars Empire Strikes Back as my number one. I have to say that I think that anyone who's a Star Wars fan probably regards this as what the best like Star Wars movie. Um, all you ever hear is about the Empire Strikes Back. I can probably name like the entire clerk scene that talks about the Empire Strikes Back. Oh man! <laughs> I I do love the uh, Luke. I am your father. No. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'd probably react the same way if I found out that this super villain who destroys planets uh, literally is my biological father. But, you know, uh, yeah, uh, this is definitely coming in strong when I was looking up 80s movies to make sure that everything I wanted was in that decade. This popped up, Empire Strikes Back. So, AJ, awesome way to start off this list. Brittany, what are your I thoughts just wanted about... One second. I just wanted to yeah. correct you for a second. You said Uh-oh. Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. I'm going to correct you. It is actually okay. the best Whoa. movie in history. It is the best movie in history. That's all I have to say. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, 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 oh he, he corrected gonna... you. I thought he was going to come out with, like, another Star Wars movie. No, he wasn't correcting me about the best Star Wars movie. He was correcting me about the best movie ever. And you know what? I respect you for this. So, uh, best movie not only in the 80s, but ever. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Brittany, what are your thoughts about uh, AJ's pick? I felt like I wanted to have a Kanye West moment where it's like, I'm going to let you talk, but Empire Strikes Back was the best movie of all time. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think that is a great pick. I, you know, I thought about it, but I was like, man, I was like, I will, I don't have the same passion as AJ does for it. So I'm glad he got to speak about it. Cause that is a really good one. He said Han twice so it's like he really loves himself some hires than Ford but um, no it's funny because what'd you say? Am I supposed to say ham? Don't people no, say ham not. sometimes? Do they ham solo? That doesn't even sound that sounds like a really perverted like 
phrase or something. Hand <laughs> no, no, but you said it twice. So I was like, man, he really loves him. But uh, no, I, it's <laughs> hand, hand solo. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I got where Tio was talking about now. Yeah. Oh, no, but it, it's ironic, you know, um, that. Uh, you know where there's the mean comments, like celebrities read mean tweets, and Mark Hamill was on it today, and they were telling him that, oh, you you look like Yoda the older you get, and I was like, oh, that's mean, but uh, I definitely, Darth Vader still to me is one of the coolest villains, so to see him in it, and it was a little awkward, I remember as a kid, my parents watching Empire Strikes Back, and when the kiss scene happened, I was like, but aren't they siblings, and they're like, yes. Oh, and me having a brother, I was like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. What is going on? But uh, I think that's a great pick. Always, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, like, 10 years ago, there were these, um, <laughs> there was these specials on VH1, and it was like, I love the 70s, I love the 80s, I love the 90s, and they went through, like, oh, every yeah. year of the decade. Yeah. That's, by the way, I would have to say that's how I know most of, like, my pop culture, like, references. So I remember the episode that they talked about, The Empire Strikes Back, and then how it was like, <laughs> it's like, hey, we got these two people kissing, and later we're going to reveal that they're actually brother and sister. I'm like, did George Lucas have something about like incest? Because Does he have siblings? Like, I don't know about that. I'm just saying because isn't like Kylo Ren and like Ray related, and there was kind of something under Tony, but them in the recent movies. I'm just saying that's just me. But um, yeah, AJ, great pick. The Empire Strikes Back coming in strong. I don't think anyone is going to argue with you on this one. So They better awesome. not. <laughs> they better not because they're going to catch your wrath. That's what they're going to I'm do. I'm looking they're at catch you, Ryan. Wrath. Talking <laughs> to you, Ryan. <laughs> uh, well, he, he's not here, so he can snooze it. <laughs> He'll let them do it. Wherever Ryan is, he feels it right now. He's sitting there <laughs> and he's like, AJ's challenging me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um, yeah, great pick. Brittany, let's uh, move to you for the number nine uh, on our top ten list. I actually didn't know this movie was in the 80s, and I found that very surprising. But I'm sure we all remember who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, my God, I was going to put this. This is so great. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, I just loved it as a kid because for me, like, uh, you know, of course, you know, 1994 on, you know, we had cartoons, but it was my first time seeing live action and cartoons in the same aspect. And it was a little bit raunchy, a little bit, you know, off the cuff of what I was used to as a kid. But we all remember uh, Jessica. That was her name, right? Wait, um, I'm like, yeah, we all Jennifer remember Rabbit. her. But, uh, yes, in the the tight waist, the hips, I watched this thing where they were like, she was my sexual awakening, and I don't know how I feel about that. But I thought it was so silly, and I love the detective in it, and I just always thought it was so much fun, but it definitely had almost that L.A. noir kind of feel to it, but also very silly. And that guy 
till he ends up melting at the end is still like the stuff of nightmare. I was so terrified of him as a kid that I thought he was going to come get me and my big brother, because you know how big brothers are. He's like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to get you in your sleep. My like, gee, thanks. But I'm obsessed with that movie. I thought it was great. I was just, but I always wanted to punch Roger. He was just, he was too much sometimes. Um, so I'm going to plug myself for a little bit right here. The other day I did a interview with uh, Dennis and Marie Liu, and they are both the co-creators of this new comic called Ling, and they also, uh, which actually Dennis is the creator behind the Netflix series uh, Raising Dion that Michael B. Jordan produced. My whole point here is that uh, Ling has a like uh, has a short film on YouTube, right? And it combines live action with animation, right? And as we were talking during the interview, Dennis was citing Who Framed Roger Rabbit as his inspiration for the oh. uh, yeah for the the style of the video. So just wanted to put that out there, and it's hilarious because. I loved Who Framed Roger Rabbit. As you said, it was like, it, it's something that you don't see a lot. You know, you had this, you had Space Jam, a few others here and there. But there was something about this that worked. It shouldn't have worked having, like, humans with, like, cartoons, but it somehow was, like, believable in a way um and i loved it that they knew they were cartoons that that was the whole point of it cartoons real you know people blah 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 and tell me that you guys didn't get absolutely horrified when the the detective not the detective the evil dude took the shoe and started to slowly put it into the vat of acid and it was live yeah and i will never forget that that freaked me out so much, but I love that Roger, as like crazy and over the top as he was, that Jessica loved him anyway. And I, I, I absolutely love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I haven't watched it in a really long time, which is a shame because I should go back and watch it just because it's such a classic. So I love I was, that you put this on this list. Sorry, go ahead. I was, no, because say I was rewatching a clip of it the other day, and my favorite scene, even though it, uh, now watching it older, I'm like, okay, that was a little messed up, when he literally makes, like, the weasels laugh themselves to death, and, like, like one of them starts, like, going, I think, like, they're going up, but, like, it's just their souls, like, floating up, and one's, like, desperately grabbing for his body to try to go back inside of it, but the song itself was so good, but I actually learned a neat fact about that. You know when he, the detective is rolling around and doing the song and dance for that number at the end? He actually, I think, had to, like, take off work for, like, a week or two because he was so bruised up and banged up from rolling around on the ground like that that he couldn't hardly move. So he was like, I need, like, a vacation before we finish this. Jesus. Talk about being, uh, getting into the role, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, um, AJ, have you ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, I have not. Oh, oh. no! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. 
So what what are your feelings on uh, this 1980s classic? Like you were talking about, the animation mixed with live action was perfectly done. Um, there's a, I think there's two movies that um, almost did as good of a job as they did, and I was thinking of Space Jam. And um, uh, what's the other one? Um, Mary Poppins. I, I right. think That's that those, those two were on par with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But I'm just going to say this. Um, the noir, the noir mystery aspect of the film was done perfectly, and it, it still holds up until today. Until today as well. Um, I actually wrote in my notes that I wish that I hope that Matt Reeves, um, at least watched this movie to get a little bit of inspiration for his Batman, because if he did like a, um. The way that who who directed it um directed who framed Roger Robert Robert was it Robert mm, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Anyway, the um I think that the director and screenwriter they portrayed the noir aspects throughout the movie perfectly, and the mystery I felt like it was done perfectly as well. Like you didn't know what was going to happen, but you keep getting clues within that movie. And I feel like that aspect will be perfect for Batman where he keeps getting clues, but the villain is still one step ahead of him. I I, I just think that Mary used to at least watch this or unless he's already did. If he already did, then good job for him. Um, What else? Yeah the balance between the seriousness and the humor I thought was done perfectly. Oh, I think this is one of my favorite movies in the eighties. And yeah, I agree this should be this should definitely be on the list. I'm gonna say the director's name was Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I, I he was like, like that sounds but, right. I like what you said, AJ, that um the because this that's the thing. You would at face value, you would think of this movie as uh, something like, okay, it's humans and cartoons, but it really was done very well, and I like that you suggested the noir was something that was done really well in this movie and something that should be emulated if that is how Matt Reeves is looking to go in the direction of for his Batman movie. Um, And certainly, I'm hoping that he does his homework with that to achieve because there are a lot of eyes on this movie. I'll tell you, um, it's unbelievable how much uh, everyone is just staring at this movie. And I have to say, really quick before we move on, uh, AJ, I loved your article by the way about the Joker film. Like, really great uh, article that I think everyone should read at GeekbyNation.com just because. It's it's gotten ridiculous with this whole thing, <laughs> and I can't imagine yes, that. Uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely absurd. But um, that's neither here nor there for this podcast. But yeah, uh, Brittany, great choice. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Instant '80s classic. I am going to be next, and okay, let me look at my list. All right, I'm gonna pick a funny one because it. Like, after Brittany's choice, I feel like I want to pick a funny one. I'm going to pick the others for later. Um, I'm And I don't know which one of you guys have actually seen this movie, but it's going to be Trading Places with uh, Eddie Murphy, 
Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis. And if neither of you have watched this, I'm going to be upset because it's fantastic. Um, you have. Um. Oh my God, it's so great! It's a classic. You have Eddie Murphy and Dan I don't Dan think Aykroyd. I've seen this. Oh God, guys! Oh my God, it's hilarious. It is like one of Eddie Murphy's best movies. You have Dan Aykroyd, who Aykroyd, not Aykroyd, Aykroyd, who plays this like Wall Street stockbroker type, and Eddie Murphy, who's a bum, right? He's a bum, and these, like, two rich fools. Think of, like, the two Muppets that sit up in the booth in the, and just laugh all the time. Think of, like, those two guys. And they decide that they're going to have a bet if they could take someone like Eddie Murphy and make him into a Wall Street type. So they do that. Chaos ensues. Dan Aykroyd's life goes to shit. And then eventually the two of them team up to take down these two evil fools with the help of Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who's a former prostitute. And the whole thing is just hilarious. It's, uh, you know, it's really good. It's such a good movie, and it's definitely one of, like, the best. It was 1983. Um, again, just, like, peak comedy, like, one of Eddie Murphy's best. If you're an Eddie Murphy fan, I would 100% suggest watching this. Jamie Lee Curtis is hilarious. Um and I believe I forget the guy who's from Animal House also made like a brief appearance in this. It was like all the people who used to be like on Saturday Night Live when it first started out. But it was so good. I can't believe both of you. Shame on both of you. You both have to go and watch Trading Places because it's going, absolutely going, hilarious. Sorry, go ahead, Because you're definitely gonna be mad at me because of my next pick. But keep going. You're a what? My next pick is from the, by the same director. It's by the same director, and I think it came out like four years after Trading Places. Oh You're gonna be god. really mad. Oh my god, I can't wait. But I'm just saying, like, so I, it's just so funny. Like the whole thing about it with the the two characters who couldn't have come from like more opposite directions and. Like, obviously, you have Eddie Murphy coming from, like, the bottom up to the top. Dan Aykroyd has a moment where he's from the top and gets to, like, experience life as a bum himself. And then the two of them realizing that they're just pretty much pawns in these two older men's game just for those guys' amusement. Um, So they team up, and it's just amazing. But go ahead, Brittany. I'm sorry. I was going to say, looking at it, I remember this movie, but I don't remember seeing it. Like, I remember watching it at some point, but I didn't remember what happened in it. But I knew that both of them were together, the two main people, Eddie Murphy and the other guy. But I just, it bothers me because I'm like, oh, man, but we can put it on our movie list. Yeah, no, you have to see it. It has, like, the most satisfying ending ever. Um, And it's just so funny definitely one of like the best comedies and it gets talked about whenever people talk about 80s movies comedy movies Dan Aykroyd movies Jamie Lee Curtis movies Eddie Murphy movies like (laughs) this movie for all three of those actors are standouts so you two need to watch it absolutely but um we can move on since neither of you guys have seen it uh AJ tell us your next pick the one apparently that I'm going to be mad about (laughs) Okay, um, 
My next pick is <sighs> Coming to America. I knew that's what it was going to be. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, another Eddie Murphy process. There you go. Eddie Murphy was incredible in the 80s. He was. He was. Um, go ahead, AJ. <laughs> okay. Um, the reason why I picked Coming to America is because it literally had one of the funniest moments in movie history ever. When Eddie Murphy was on top of the balcony saying good morning out loud to the whole world. And then this one random guy just said, fuck you. <laughs> yes, yes, fuck you too. I could, after that, I could not breathe. I thought that was one of the funniest moments in my entire life. Um, Eddie Murphy, like you already said, um, I think it's one of his best performances ever. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm choosing Coming to America. It's so funny because I feel like I was just talking about this movie probably to my boyfriend not too long ago, Coming to America. But isn't it hilarious, by the way, that Eddie Murphy is coming back for a second one? And pretty much all of the original cast is on board as well. I believe Wesley Snipes, maybe. I know definitely James Earl Jones. Like, they're all coming back for this movie. And it's going to be interesting to see how it's adapted in, say, post-2019 film and our culture and everything and how it's going to stand up to the original. But that is such an amazing scene, AJ. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Like, so good. I love this movie so much because, as you said, Eddie Murphy was at the top of his game in the 80s. I mean, I don't know what else is on your list, AJ, but you have Trading Places, Coming to America, Beverly Hills, you know. I love Beverly Hills Cop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's like that's all Eddie Murphy. I mean, he was on a roll, so Nutty Professor. Oh, goodness. Oh, I could go on and on about the Nutty Professor. Those (laughs) movies were so funny. Holy shit. But, um, Brittany, I don't even want to ask because I feel like I know the answer already. But have you seen Coming to America? I have, but it's been a very, very long time. But I want Eddie Murphy to come back so bad. I haven't seen him in anything in, like, years. And Well, not for nothing. His last movies, I feel like, weren't really that good. He has that one movie, like, Rasputin or something like that where he played like the oversized woman and I was like what is going on right now Uh, I feel like he kind of like dipped a little but it's been a while and I feel like maybe he's gotten back Uh, I heard really good things about his stand up so yeah hopefully coming to America too is going to be really good I'm sorry for interrupting you no, it's like, you know, he was so much of my childhood and all of our childhood. Mm-hmm. So the very first time, I, like, I heard about his stand-ups, I was like, Mom, please, can we you know, watch it on TV or something? And she goes, no. That was really wrong, she? Uh, yeah, <laughs> she was like, no. And I was like, but he's so child-friendly. And she's like, ha, 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 no. That's like Robin <laughs> Williams. He was like, he, his stand-up, like, I, I did, took a really long drive the other day, and I listened to comedy, and I was like, Robin Williams, your mouth, I didn't know. But, uh, no, I, like, I do remember that scene where it's like, fuck you, too. 
but it's been so long for me. But I love Eddie Murphy. I, I wanted to say I, for one, welcome our new overlord, Eddie Murphy, for when he comes back. <laughs> oh, he's him definitely stepping back into comedy is going to be a work of art. But it is hilarious because his movies are relatively child-friendly, but then it's like his stand-up is definitely made for adults, which is good. He gets to uh, touch upon both the uh, spectrums of it. I wish uh, I think I think the Nutty Professors were the '90s, so we can't unfortunately talk about those movies. But those were great I as well. Know. I, it's like a, he, at least he didn't go the way of Adam Sandler about trying over and over again and going, you know what? These bad movies pay the bills. So Not at least for we nothing, still have though. fond thoughts. Not for nothing though. Adam Sandler's recent movie actually looks pretty freaking good. Like, I Which forgot one? what the name of it. Um, AJ, do you remember what's the one that Adam Sandler's coming out with uh, not too long from now? Uh, I'll look it up in a second. Okay. I, I'm just saying, like, it, it doesn't look that bad. But I, I complete. oh, Uncut Gems it is. Uncut yeah. Gems doesn't look bad. It actually looks really effing good, but I know what you mean. Like, there there was a really long time that I just could not stand Adam Sandler, and I liked his older movies, but there was just one, like, bad movie after another. Like, after Jack and Jill and Grown Ups 2, I was like, oof, no, no more. Low-key, I actually like Grown Ups 2. No, God, it was so bad. I loved the first Grown Ups. Right? Like, my mom and I loved the first one. So when the second one came out, you know, and it came uh, for on demand, and we're all excited. We saddled up into the couch, like, put it on, and we're like, holy shit, what is this dumpster fire right now? But I respect that you liked it, AJ. <laughs> I was going to say. The um, Waterboy uh, is his best movie ever, just saying. Waterboy? Like... No. No, yeah. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore no. was the best. Mm-hmm. And The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah, that one's really good. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm switching. <laughs> I'm switching okay. that one. <laughs> Sorry, Brittany, you were saying. <laughs> I was saying, back to, like, the mean comments, Chris Rock was on there, oh, and they're like, <laughs> he said about... Uh, you know, they were making fun of him for doing grown-ups, too. And he said, if you if you got divorced from your wife and she took all your money, you'd do grown-ups, too, too. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, not for, like, not for nothing. He's right. He's right. Zendaya you know, was the funniest one on that one. Why? Which one was that? What did she say? I think I missed it. I think it was something that her feet smelled and then she took off her shoe. And she smelled it, and there was a slight pause. She was like, it smells like success. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was dying. My, one of my favorite comebacks of all time, by the way, is um, the actress who played Precious. Someone made a comment about, you know, her weight. And she was like, oh, I'm so crying, dabbing my eyes with $100 bills on the private jet that I fly. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Savage. I was like, you go, girl. You go. But um, uh, fantastic pick, AJ. Brittany, give us your number six. 
Oh, I, it's like I'm sitting there, I'm wondering, but I'm going to go ahead and go with my favorite because it was me and my dad's favorite growing up. Well, me growing up watching it with him, and that's the Karate Kid, even though he did a very illegal move at the end, and that poor other Cobra Kai guy should have won. Have y'all, y'all have seen Karate Kid, right? Right. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the only one here. Cause me and Dad still sing. Um, how does it go again? Now I'm. Uh, I'm put. Uh, remind me later. I'll, I'll. I won't sing it, but I will say the words to it. Cause me and Dad sing it all the time. But I just loved it so much. I love. It was almost like the hero movies before there was all these superhero movies where you had the beginning story of, like, some weak, pathetic kid, you know, learning how to be a badass and learning how to, like, defend himself and, you know, the wax on, wax off. I love that movie. It always got me so pumped. And my dad always still talks about it because he, his sister dared him that he couldn't do, like, the swan kick growing up or the crane kick. And, well, he tried to do it, and he fell flat on his back. So, still <laughs> funny. Still good memories of always watching it with Dad. And it did give birth to multiple other movies, as we know. But uh, I was obsessed with it. I wanted to be the next Karate Kid. But as we see now, I'm still weak and pathetic. So, it didn't exactly pan out. Still a favorite movie, though. I really thought that you were going to start singing the theme to Pokemon. I want to be the very best. Oh, I know, because the song is like, uh, oh, is the the song is you're the best around. Nothing's ever gonna get you down. (laughs) Yes, we, me and Dad, still sing it at the top of our lungs, like if we're playing a game, and we'll start chanting that song to one another, like you can do it. But uh, yeah, I love Karate Kid. Good memories. That just now makes me think of the South Park episode. I'm sorry, I can't stop. But um, this may I blame AJ. But I've never seen the Karate Kid. (laughs) You've never seen Karate Kid? Oh my god! You know what? I'm bypassing you. I'm going straight to New York City. I don't need you, girl. Uh, I've never seen the Cry Kid. Obviously, I know the premise. I know the last song, last off thing, uh, because of I Love the 80s. And I also really kind of want to watch it just for the simple fact that I hear that Cobra Kai on YouTube is fucking amazing. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously, I need to watch Karate Kid in order to, like, even jump on the Cobra Kai train. So, yes. But, Brittany, everyone's going to agree with you that this is an 80s classic. So, I'm going to scoot along and go to AJ and ask him about what he thinks about the Karate Kid. I mean, Brittany already said everything that I was going to say. Um, it's iconic, one of the most iconic movies ever to exist. Um, ah, crap, what am I going to say? <laughs> Music say was amazing. amazing. Yes, it basically. Music is amazing. The action choreography I thought was really good, especially for an 80s movie. Um, I feel like the um, movies in the past are, for action-wise, is better than now. Like, you have um, all the Jackie Chan movies. You have Karate Kid. Mm -hmm. You have all of that. And I just feel like there's more quality 
and those choreography and editing to the action sequences are so so much better than most action movies today. And I feel like that is a true shame to cinema history, and we need more movies like Karate Kid. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say before I get into a huge rant. I'll tell you, AJ, if you have Hulu um, and you don't mind uh, reading subtitles, there's this Chinese movie called Wolf Warrior 2. I watch anime, so that's basically all I Okay, so it's uh, it's on Hulu. It came out in 2017. It's called Wolf Warrior 2, and I watched it, and the whole thing reminded me of one big 80s movie because the action was so over the top, but, like, good. Like, it wasn't a bad movie. It was good. Like, but from start to finish, it was, like, like crazy freaking action sequences and shit, like, shit that you don't see in cinema now because for some reason we just don't do those type of action movies anymore. So yeah, just to suggest what that out there, but uh, Wolf Warrior 2. Wolf. I've been wanting to actually see that. I forgot we talked about that, Tia. I'm taking you it away from you, AJ. It's my movie now. I'm going <laughs> to watch all of it. It's really good. It's really good. But um, I wanted to make a joke that I didn't know how to integrate it with uh, the Karate Kid and then the uh, weird one with uh, with Will Smith's son in it. I, I want to be like, did you? I like that Will one Smith? a lot. I really, really? like that one a lot. Yeah. I heard really bad things about it. I love it. Your opinion is bad, and you should feel bad. No, I'm just joking, AJ. <laughs> It's no, okay. He just broke my heart a little bit. It's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least you have affection. <laughs> All right. Well, before any more feelings are hurt, we're going to move on here. And, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, I'm going to take the number five spot. I am going to do a horror movie because I love this movie. It's my favorite. Um, my mom, no no one. Yes, yes. That was mine. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. I hope you have backups. <laughs> but listen, just like no one did action like the 80s, no one did these horror movies like the 80s. You had Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, West Craven. Like, West Craven's yeah, mind a... was just, just a genius. Mm-hmm. And you know, not that I don't love, like, say, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers, but what are those two, right? They walk around and they kill people, but they're silent, right? Freddy Krueger, played by Robert England, had personality. And it was so freaky because it's like it was all in your dream. So it's like the one place where you should be safe, sleeping, is the one place that you're going to fucking die. And I loved the background of it, that it was like, oh, he's exacting revenge on the children of the parents who killed him. Uh, you know, I mean, he was a child murderer in real life, so he was all around not a good guy at all. But all of, like, the sequences where, like, you know, uh, he's – tracking one of the girls and she's like oh my god and he's like he shows his claws and he's like this is god um and, you know, oh, just, no. just like him reaching you know through the ceiling or 
freaking his tongue going through the phone at Nancy. Oh, I was or, just about to mention that I hate that scene. <laughs> or the fact, let's mention about the fact that he sucked Johnny Depp into a freaking bed, and it was like <laughs> a, a, a river flowing of blood, which again you do oh. not see. You do not see in movies now, and that shit was like insane. So I have to pick. Nightmare on Elm Street, because it is one of my favorite 80s movies, one of my favorite movies in general, and Freddy Krueger is definitely my favorite horror monster character ever. So there you go. That's my pick. Uh, AJ, because you called me out there, (laughs) tell me what you think about Nightmare on Elm Street. I knew I should have put this as my number two pick. Um, (laughs) um, this is one of the, one of the first horror movies I've ever watched. Um, if I ever have kids, I'm forcing them to watch this. If that makes me a bad parent, oh well, they they need to watch this movie. Um, yep. I watched this as a kid, and for the longest time, I was scared of my own shadow. It was this and Candyman, which I was like very scared of. Mm-hmm. Um. The music in Nightmare on Elm Street was so horrifying. Uh, mm-hmm. pro- oh my God. Not, um, Freddy Krueger as a villain is honestly probably one of the his top ten uh, uh, most iconic villains of all time in movie history. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. Wes Craven as a director, uh, I just feel genius. like he, yeah, he's genius when it comes to horror. Uh, what Scream was really good too. Uh, Nightmare, uh, there's so much stuff to talk about Nightmare on Street. I don't have enough time. <laughs> I'm, you I'm know what, gonna, AJ? I, I'm just gonna go on. And just leave it at that. Well, I know AJ that you and I talked about at some point doing like a monthly special where we do a throwback Thursday and talk about a movie. This could be our first movie, if you'd like. There we go. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. But, yeah, I mean, listen, we've had plenty of Michael Myers. We've had plenty of Jason Voorhees. We've only really – I know we've had more than one Freddy Kruegers, but the other one failed because it wasn't Robert England. Because he's so iconic with this character, and he did it so well. The dangerousness, but also the playfulness with his character is what made it so um, alluring and you just wanted to watch it constantly. Um, Little funny side story. See, you guys, I guess, well, I know Brittany, I don't know about you, AJ, if you have siblings. I don't have siblings, but I did. I (laughs) I did and do. I shouldn't say did, but I do have younger cousins. And when I was younger, uh, I kind of terrorized my younger cousins by telling them the story of Freddy Krueger, but making them believe that it was actually real. Yeah. (laughs) That's rude. Oh, my God. You're messed up. They They were misbehaving, and they needed some sort of discipline, so I felt that it was their necessary discipline to tell them about Freddy Krueger, whatever. I was like 13 at the time, so I'm very 
very much a child myself. <laughs> I, I like how that you're like, you know what I, I'll do to get these children to behave? Tell them about a rapist, pedophile monster that can reach them <laughs> in their sleep, no matter where they are, as long as they're sleeping. I, I feel like that's like uh, when they say, um, oh, what's that uh, analogy for like destroy, like destroying with something with something way bigger than what was needed? You're like killing uh, a fly with a shotgun. I don't know what that's from, but I wanted to say really quick, this isn't Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it's Freddy Krueger, but it wasn't this exact movie. But, you know, Freddy did say every town has an Elm Street. So, anyway, Brittany, what do you think about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? I think that one's amazing because I think, you know, remember, I didn't see it until we became friends and I watched it with you. And you would always talk about Freddy Krueger, and I was like, oh, I know he's scary, but, you know, I didn't know the full story of why he was so terrifying, because being older when I had seen it, I was like, oh, he's cheesy, you know, why is he actually scary, why are people scared of him? And then watching it where you're like, oh, you can't sleep, and I think for anything that terrifying where as long as you go to sleep, it can get you. It's sort of like uh, I used to get so scared of like this commercial or trailer for this movie that if you feared something, it could get you, but that in turn makes you fear it. So I was like, there's no way away from it. And that is how Nightmare on Elm Street makes me feel, that if you just fall asleep, he's going to get you, and he's going to make it bad. And he has razor-sharp fingers that are so creepy how he like wiggles that glove at you I'm like no thank you ma'am I don't want it <laughs> oh it was so good though like I like the screeching of his claws like going against like say the metal bar in the boiler room is just so like one of those like sounds that you can pinpoint you know from a mile away like just the whole movie was terrifying and to me I feel like it still kind of stands up to this day like it, it to me it still does I was going to say Tia has a boner for Freddy Krueger just <laughs> a little have, don't, you have a, don't you have a boner for um oh, what's don't, his name don't say it don't say it <laughs> I can't okay, I won't say, say it. it I won't say it You're, you, I'll say it, Sir Anthony oh, Hopkins. I was going to say Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> man, it's still in those words. The the running joke is I said that man can still get it, but I didn't mean it. I meant that he could still act his butt off, but that's the running joke. But, yes, back in his Hannibal Lecter days, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, you dug that hole for yourself. If if I was gonna be called so out on this, now. if I was gonna be called out on this podcast, you were gonna be called out on this podcast. <laughs> I will take an old man over a creepy fingered crazy man. To each his own. To each his own. Before this podcast starts getting really weird, let's Pink move gaming. on. Uh, So we're up to the number four slots, and we're going to go back to you, AJ, uh, since I essentially took your pick. But (laughs) what is your number four? 
Uh, I'm a little mad that the Matrix isn't in 89. It stays in 90. So that's not a good thing. Oh, no. (laughs) So I'm going to pick Back to the Future. Um, Classic. I think the relationship between Marty and Doc was, is probably one of the best relationships in the 80s. Um, uh, the performance of Johnny B, uh, that's, I forgot, yeah, the song Johnny B, uh, I thought it's very iconic. And uh, what else? Uh, God. So much to talk about. Um, Robert Zemeckis and um, the screenplay, I feel like. Oh, it's probably one of the best screenplays in the 80s. Uh, ju- having to juggle, like, multiple timelines in a single movie, I feel like is probably one of the best – is handled one of the best ways ever, uh, especially making it both lovable and hilarious at the same time. I just felt like the chemistry between all the characters, the music in the whole movie uh, – <sighs> What else? I already said the score. Alan Silvestri score is probably one. Of, it's probably up there with um John Williams. I probably want to get killed for saying that, but I feel like he's on par with John Williams um, for score. Um, you always you have the one of the most iconic endings where you have DeLorean um, lifting up and driving through the highway, and then it just Straight to credits, I feel like that was one of the best things ever. Um, overall, I love Back to the Future. Uh, one of the best movies ever made. Basically, almost everything I pick in the 80s is the best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it's the a good, good movie. <laughs> We're going to have to do, like, just go through the decades and do, like, best from the 70s, and then yes. we'll, like, really struggle, like, you know trying to pick something uh we'll star do wars. next <laughs> it's just gonna be star wars man um <laughs> Brittany, you and i uh well first of all i would hope that you know back to the future i know back to the future but a uh, little tidbit to tie it into say things that we watch now but crispin glover played I was about Marty to say it. yeah yeah played Marty McFly's father in Back to the Future. And as we know, Kristen Glover plays Mr. World on American Gods. So little fun fact I have there, an extra but yeah. fun fact to that. Tell us your extra fun fact. I feel like he, I know it. Is it uh, that he sued them and won? Mm-hmm. Because yes. uh, they... He, they didn't come to – well, to be fair, Chris Glover was asking for way too much money to do the second one, but uh, they ended up getting a different actor and put prosthetics on his face to make him look exactly like Crispin Glover and threw him in the movie, and he sued them for using his likeness without his permission for it. And he which won that. Is, which is crazy because I feel like if that – like no one would have known. Like, no one would have known at all. But, um, yeah, Back to the Future is so great. Like, Michael J. Fox was amazing in that. I love the, the whole – like, that made the DeLorean such an iconic car because if you think about it, like, who had a fucking DeLorean? Like, I no did. one has a DeLorean. 
<laughs> you were driving around in a DeLorean, AJ, in Kentucky. You were just driving around. I was going back like, to the future oh, every man. day. Oh, is that a, is that how you um, picked up your girlfriends? You were like, hey, babe, you want to see my car? And it's <laughs> I don't tell anybody my secrets. Oh, uh, okay. I, well, lips are shut right now. But, yeah, that movie is great. Um I loved all of it. I loved the whole having to like save the future and all that. And also, actually, let's talk about the fact that here is another movie in the '80s with like a very slight underlying incest thing because the mother thinks that she Marty was so '80s was a bunch of incest. <laughs> the eighties were wild, man. <laughs> but, yeah. And they wonder why there's so much incest porn now. Where they're like, yeah, how do you know about this? How do you know about this? Not actual incest. Not actual incest. But no, I read this thing where this lady, which she said. <laughs> She worked for those companies, and it was an Ask Me Anything on Reddit, and they said, why do you think the incest thing has become so big on porn? And she was like, I don't really know, but it makes me money, so shrug. It's because she's from Arkansas, guys, so please forgive her. (laughs) I'm just over here shoveling, okay? Just let me dig, girl. Just let me dig. (laughs) <laughs> you really love to dig, but while you're uh, digging, if you could take a break to tell us how you feel about Back to the Future. Is this the point where I get in trouble for the fact that I've never actually seen Back to the Future? Ah, Jesus. I, wow. I, I know. I'm a disappointment. Don't worry. I got the, I'm, I'm digging deeper. But I just, I've heard a lot about it, and I know what happens in it. It's just one of those things that my parents never watched it with me. They, you know, it's kind of like back in the VHS times, you know, in DVD times. They never brought it home, so I just never saw it. And now being older, I feel like, you know, everybody speaks about it, but it's just never, the stars have never aligned to actually see the movie. But I feel like I really need to, especially because I love Rick and Morty, which is basically a parody so I feel like if, if any good Rick and Morty fan, I need to actually see the movie. But I do know that what I've seen of it, it looks amazing. And the DeLorean, I always felt like, does anybody realize that ever since then, there's people that, there's an episode of something, I can't remember. DeLoreans are so hard to find. The pieces are hard to find. Everything of it is hard to find. And I don't know why for a movie based around this freaking car. It's because the, they made like 10 of them, but uh, can and we AJ talk about the fact, Well, can we talk about the fact that like, you know, I mean, listen, I love the movie, but there's so many holes in it. Like, isn't the speed is going like 80 or something? And I'm like, man, everyone must be going like Back to the Future if it's like all you have to oh, do is no reach kidding. 80. Oh, good <laughs> lord. I reset every day. <laughs> um, but it's really fun. Again, like a not fun story. It's not fun at all. But um, 
when I was little and I used to go to Universal Studios, they had like a Back to the Future ride that was like up these stairs that took forever to get to. And it was just all it was was like a virtual reality simulation. You just sat in something that looked like a DeLorean and you put on 3D glasses and it just like moved like back and forth and side to side as you were supposed to be going like down a roller coaster and shit. And for me, who hates roller coasters, that was as good as it was going to get for me. But um, uh, AJ, great pick on the Back to the Future. Love it. Um, We're speeding through this list right now, but I think it's just because each and every time a pick goes out, we're just like fangasming over it and then going on. But still, awesome. Uh, Brittany? I'm going to go to you for the number three pick. What is your number three? I'm going to answer your question with another question, and that is <laughs> who you're going to call. Oh, go to Steve Jobs. I love Ghostbusters. I haven't seen it in so long, but it was so funny. Na, 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 who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! I love that movie. I love all the movies, but I just really remember the first one, the green blob, and don't cross the streams, and that underlying little bit of romance in it, which as a kid, you don't even freaking care because you're dealing with ghosts that are getting absorbed. Um, I still think a lot about that one that where the uh, thing is like eating all of it and then like throws up all over that one guy which is sad because I'm trying to remember which, what his name is the one with the glasses passed away and that was really sad but that whole I always loved the don't cross the streams the, um, which I don't remember which Ghostbusters it was I think it's the first one with like the uh, the marshmallow man and I used <laughs> to think about how awesome it would have been to eat it like, because I think they exploded at the end. Like I said, it's it's been a long while. And I used to just daydream about eating this marshmallow, man, because I loved marshmallows so much and s'mores. But I'm digressing there. I always thought the whole thing was very interesting because at that point, nobody really thought of ghosts. It had the catchy song. I think even I think my dad said that they used to play the theme song to that on the radio sometimes because it was so popular. So, yeah, um, I'm going to have to roll with Ghostbusters. I feel really foolish that I didn't pick up at first because I was paying attention to something else, and you're like, who are you going to call? And I was like, huh? And I was like, oh, Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters, in that movie, I thought Bill Murray was so cool in it. Like, I don't know why. To me, I was like, he's so cool in it. But you have, like, uh, Rick Moranis, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, like for the 80s, for 80s type of like technology, it was good. Like it was really good. And it was just like the whole thing about it. And the fact that to this day, like people still love Ghostbusters. We've had a ton of, um, you know, continuations. We're getting a new Ghostbusters movie. They reference Ghostbusters in Stranger Things. Like, it is something that still is so deeply rooted into our uh, pop culture. But 
yeah, that scene is so great in the movie where it's like the next thing you think of will come and kill you. And they're like, well, we're not thinking about anything. And all of a sudden it's like, what do you have? But the State Puff Marshmallow Man. And Dan Aykroyd's like, what? I couldn't help it. There was a commercial. And I was like, oh, my God. You're literally going to get killed by a giant marshmallow. Um, oh, I wanted to eat him so bad. <laughs> and again, like one of the movies that I think honestly like solidified Sigourney Weaver as being like, what you calls it, the woman for sci-fi movies, you know, because she's been in so many, and I think that this just helped it along. But yeah. Love Ghostbusters. You couldn't have an 80s iconic movie list without Ghostbusters. AJ, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, this is what I have to say. Are you going to say you've never seen it? No, I've I've watched it before. But (laughs) it was at a a really young age. I was probably like seven years old, so... I absolutely do not remember anything about Ghostbusters. Okay. <laughs> so I really do you at least remember? It. Do you at huh? least remember the Ghostbusters animated series? No, I do not. Oh my I don't think I actually. Yeah. I don't think I watched the animated series. AJ, your great. 1996 is showing. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but at 1994, T is like, I am your 90s god. Bow to me at 1990. <laughs> I mean, technically, I was conceived in the 80s, I guess. <laughs> Gross. I know. Not I, I feel bad that I even made that. <laughs> <Huh? laughs> what did you say, AJ? What? I missed what you said. I didn't say anything. Oh my god, we're gonna move on. (laughs) I thought he said something like commented on my bad, my bad guys. But um, AJ, the anime series is actually great. It was like one of my favorites, the anime series for Ghostbusters. Um and I'm gonna sit here and say that I did not mind the 2016 version of Ghostbusters. Yes, the women's version. What did you say? I didn't watch that. You didn't watch it? Nope. I haven't seen it either. Not my Ghostbusters. Oh, my God. It wasn't that bad. I don't think that it deserved the flack that it got. I mean, like, I'm not going to say that it was amazing, right? But the women in it all had really good chemistry with each other, right? Like, you know, um, Leslie Mann, uh, oh, my God, what is her name? Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig. Like, they all had really good chemistry with each other, right? It's just there were some instances that fell a little flat. Like, Chris Hemsworth was in it. And it was the first movie that he really, like, I think, flexed his acting chops because it was before Thor Ragnarok. And it was, like, surprising to see him like that. It, but, like, a good surprising. Um, I, so I didn't I think, think it was, like, terrible. Sorry, go ahead. I think it faced the problem that, you know how people have been up in arms that nobody wants a remake of uh, Princess Bride? Yeah. And 
I feel like it makes. Don't touch. What did you say? Yeah, it's like, don't touch it. I think (laughs) for something, where they run into the issue is when movies like that are so nostalgic, it's never going to live up to the original. So they set up for failure, but of course they're going to hit their box office goals because, oh my gosh, it's the remake and we're reaching a whole new crowd. But But it's never going to quite read. The one thing I'll say that's the difference is Princess Bride was one movie, right? When you have one movie and then they're trying to remake it, it's different for some reason. But when you have Ghostbusters that had another movie, it had an animated series, like it branched out into a franchise, right? So to me, it's like it was perfectly okay to put that in the world. It didn't, like, it wasn't trying to step on the original Ghostbusters toes. It wasn't trying to erase that. To me, it was like it's just building on to the It's franchise. like an add-on. Right. So that's why I didn't understand. Like, people got so angry. They were like, oh, my God, like my childhood. I'm like, you're still going to have your childhood. Like it's still yeah. there. But we're something like Princess Bride I think is different because it's a one movie and it was done perfectly and if you're trying to remake that and not like say continue it, because it would like they're not saying that they're like, oh, here's a sequel. You know, I still would say like, do we really need a sequel? No, but it'd be different. But to like completely remake it, I'm like, it was perfect as is. Like, which also, by the way, I don't know if this is on anyone's list, but I doubt it because it's not online. Don't know if it's on AJ's and we're the last two people that need to go. But Princess Bride was an 80s film. Uh, and I know, I so, saw that. That's what got me thinking. Which is so funny because the guy, Carrie Eels or something, who played the main character, he was the one who was like, do not remake this fucking movie, pretty much. And I'm like, as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> as you wish. As you wish. Uh, but to me, Ghostbusters, I don't understand why everyone had their panties in a wad when it came to the 2016 version. And then now that, say, the new version is coming out, people are like, oh, yes, it, 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 you know, finally we're going to erase the stain that is the 2016. I'm like, that movie still exists. Like, sorry to burst your bubble. That one still freaking exists. But either way, I am, I am excited for the new one. Um, just because now we have more Ghostbusters for this franchise to love. So I'm happy about it. I'm glad that it's coming to life. Um, And I think that was a really good pick, Brittany. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm going to hit the number two. And because it's my last time to go, I'm going to pick my favorite 80s movie of all time. And hopefully I won't get in trouble for saying this name's uh, this guy's name three times, so it's Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, no, what have you done, Tia? <laughs> I refuse to watch that movie, by the way. I have never watched it. No. Oh, no. No. Oh, my God. Everybody at so work funny. tells me to watch it every day, and I tell them no, because I, I don't know why. I just refuse. It is Michael Keaton's best. It is Michael Keaton's best freaking movie. If they come out with a sequel, I'm all for it because I need more of this shit. First of all, one of um one of Tim Burton's best movies ever. Uh, the whole idea of like here's this like you know this couple, uh, which the guy's played by Alec Baldwin, 
and they die, and it's their guide into the underworld. And there's this guy who's absolutely rancid and terrible, and his name is Beetlejuice. And you say his name three times, and like it's just so good. It's just so good. Um, but I love uh, Winona Ryder's character in it. Like every little like emo goth girl, I feel like completely uh, related to her her character. She has that, like, one line where she's like, I, too, am, you know, strange and unusual. And I'm like, yeah, every emo girl, like, felt that in her heart when she was a child. <laughs> but, yeah, I loved this movie. Everything from the aesthetic to the plot line to the interesting uh, shake, 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 banana, shake, and all that. Like, you know, all that or, like, you know, the yeah. scene where they're – the scene where they're like in the dinner scene and they all start dancing and everything. I love this movie. I love this movie so much. I love the animated series that it spawned. Um, and yeah, uh, I could keep going on and on and on uh, how much I love Beetlejuice. Uh, I know AJ just said that he's never seen Beetlejuice, so that's fine. Brittany, we'll go to you. Please tell me you've seen Beetlejuice. Yes, it's been a long time. We need to put that on our list if you don't care for like Wednesday. I want to see Beetlejuice again. I think what's always stood out to me is that you could see the way people died. And I can't remember. Did the receptionist have slit wrists? Is that how she died? No. She, she goes, she goes, if I knew back then what I knew now, I would have never done this. And she shows her wrists that are obviously slashed. Yeah, I was going to say, it was always so creepy, and I love that they don't really realize that they're dead at first, and Mm -hmm. Winona, and that, uh, uh, there was some creepy vibes going on with Beetlejuice, so the whole setup of, oh yeah, I'm going to marry this girl. I was going to say, he tried to marry her, and she was like, what? she's supposed to be Like, 14 or 16? (laughs) I mean, it was definitely a little, little, uh wrong, I guess, taboo, I would say. I was going to say, you know, and it's always one of those weird things to remember about the 80s where so many different things were more, I guess I would say, not exactly acceptable, but more widespread because, like, as you know, with my mom, even though, you know, we know how that panned out, my mom got married when she was 16, and she said in the 80s, she was like, that just happened a lot. She was like, it was a common, common thing. So, you know, us looking back to Beetlejuice, and you're like, oh, my gosh, she's like 14 to 16, which if she's 16, I get it, but 14 still gross. But oh, my God. I'm sorry, it says that she's 13 years old. Oh, no. Okay. You know what? I tried to stand up for you, Beetlejuice. Not actually stand <laughs> up, but be like, okay, you know, social norm of the 80s. But, okay, never mind. He grows. I mean, his name is Beetlejuice, so what did we expect? <laughs> I am I, I am mean, very disturbed now, thanks, Tia. I could have gone my entire life pretending she was 16. Well, he's supposed to be a repulsive character. I mean, that's what Beetlejuice is. But regardless, I just think that this is like one. Like to me, if I have to talk about, like, say, favorite Tim Burton movies, I would say that this is tied with A Nightmare Before Christmas. Like to me, Beetlejuice. Ooh, that is movie I love. Yeah. That. Oh God. 
one day let's have a top ten Tim Burton uh, movies. But okay, Beetle if we do that, then I'll watch Beetlejuice. Okay, deal, absolute deal. Um, but yeah, Beetlejuice is just my favorite '80s movie. I love everything about this. Just to me, it was like quintessential Tim Burton. Uh, it was the first movie I think I've ever seen Winona Ryder in. Um, I was completely enamored with Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, and I loved. Uh, and first of all, I didn't even realize that that was Alec Baldwin. Like I knew that it was probably. I didn't one know of the until you told me. Yeah, yeah, he looked completely different um, back then, but it was just like interesting how they uh, approached the whole like in depth kind of thing, but. Um, and the how how fact it's like a waiting room pretty much like I don't know the whole thing I love Beetlejuice um, and I've probably said his name a thousand times right now so I guess he's gonna he brought pop this up upon at, us I guess he's gonna pop up at some point but uh yes alrighty so we have come to the number one spot on our top ten movies from the eighties this list has been fantastic because every movie I feel like has been like such an instant classic and it and I feel like we shit on the 80s a lot right we you know we talk about being a 90s kid and everything you know was better in the 90s but like movies in the 80s it well yes absolutely 100 percent. it's like the golden era movies were pretty rad in the 80s I mean if you take away all the terrible fashion choices in the 80s, the 80s were pretty rad. <laughs> Wait, we, we don't talk no about those. Be in, the 80s, in the 80s? What'd you say? I say, isn't the new Wonder Woman going to be in the 80s? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, that's true. We'll see. we'll see all of that. Although, I I'm just saying, said, Gal Gadot can pull off anything, so that's all I'm going to say. I was going to say, when I was younger, I wanted to have grown up in the 80s because I was very much into the rock scene. And I was like, I want to be into hair metal, man. (laughs) But now that I think about it, I would have really hated to spend three hours teasing my hair every single day. So thank God I don't live in the 80s. Girl, you already got that big hair. It took you five seconds. That's called not doing anything. (laughs) But, um, all right, so before we get to the number one on our top 10 80s movies, let's go down this fantastic list. We have Empire Strikes Strikes Back, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Trading Places, Coming to America, Karate Kid, Nightmare on Elm Street, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, and AJ, you have the number one spot. What do you have? Okay. This is I put a lot of thought into this. Um, I've been thinking about a lot of movies like The Breakfast Club, uh, um, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark that literally just recently just watched, um, 16 oh, Candles. Oh, I've just been thinking about everything. But I wouldn't be me if I didn't have a DC movie on here. So... Whoa. I am choosing the 1989 Batman. Nice. Nice. All righty. Let's gonna, get into it. Go ahead. I'm going to call out all the hypocrisy and the fandom. Everybody does not like 
Ben Affleck's Batman. Well, I want to say most people don't like Ben Affleck's Batman because he quote unquote kill people. But in the 1989, Batman has killed more people than Ben Affleck has ever had. And <laughs> this is probably one of uh, one of the fandom's favorite Batman movies. I will say. And I'm just gonna put that out right now. Um, I love Jackal, Jack Nicholson, um, <laughs> Jack Nicholson's Joker, um, Michael Keaton as Batman. I thought I really liked. Um, I thought Tim Burton did a great job directing it. The scale of Gotham I thought was well created. Uh, is it the best? Batman movie? No, but for the 80s, or I guess it's the, I think it's the only 80s Batman movie. Anyway, I really like this movie a lot. Um, sometimes, I even sometimes go back to it like, I'm going to say three times a year, and I always find myself just enjoying it every time, so I don't get tired of it. I think it holds up really well, especially in this day and age. So, I'm going to, my last pick is the 1989 Batman. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> By the way, this uh, 1989 version of Batman not only has Michael Keaton, but was directed by Tim Burton. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, I love this because, again, we ha- what I love about this movie is it really did a fantastic job, like, say, what Batman the Animated Series did in developing this dark Gotham that really just kind of like reeked of uh, criminality and chaos and just, you know, everything that you would want to see in Gotham. I think that Michael Keaton did an amazing Batman and, of course, Jack Nicholson as the Joker still one of the most iconic uh, portrayals of this character ever. And it's not hard to see why, because Jack Nicholson, first of all, is a fantastic actor. And if you're going to have another live-action version of him, he's perfect for it. I think that this is a great way not only to round out the list, but also considering it's a 1989 film, it's rounding out the 80s. So, um, yeah, I think... For the most part, uh, Tim Burton's versions of Batman were the, one of the best of the older versions of Batman. Um, and kind of the last Batmans for a while to not be campy. And, th- and I'm saying this is, you know, before Christopher Nolan's Batman, because, like, say, Batman Robin was terrible. But um, <laughs> Batman... <laughs> Batman 1989 with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, fantastic, awesome way to put in uh, a DC movie, a comic book movie, and a Batman movie into our 80s list. Uh, Brittany, what are your thoughts on this? I've never seen the movie, but I do love Jack oh. Nicholson. As a, I know, I never got to see it. I've seen Batman and Robin, but I have not seen that one. I've You've seen, seen Batman and Robin. Seven. Robin That's even worse. That's one? even worse. Oh my! Oh my! Uh, well, it came on TV one time when I was little, and I thought that's the one with Poison Ivy, right? No. Yes. Yes, it was. 
No, that was oh, um Batman Robin, right? Whichever one was... had poison ivy in it and Bane, Robin. Bane, and was, Robin. Bane, Bane was in Batman Robin, so poison ivy was too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. That one. I I, because I remember Poison Ivy and I was like in love with her. I thought she was so beautiful and cool looking in her outfit. But I always remember Jack Nicholson as the Joker because I always thought he made such a great Joker. Like he took it and made a spin on his own and also, you know, giving a wink to the past comics in the way he looked. And I do remember some scenes, but I've never got to watch the full movie in its entirety. But I feel like I've got some homework to do now. Do it. Yeah. Watch it. You absolutely do. Sorry, I had myself on. Pretty sure it's guys. like eight dollars on Voodoo. I would just say I have the Voodoo app on my TV, so that that might be a possibility. It's just a really good, like as far as like the Batman live action film, it's a really good film. We will always disagree, AJ and Juwan and I, about the Ben Affleck films, but this. <laughs> This film we cannot argue about because it's really good. And again, I think Tim Burton did a fantastic job because not only did he do this one, he did the one with Catwoman, um, you know, and all of that. And that was just great. Um, So his vision for the Batman universe, I think now, like after, like before the Christopher Nolan trilogy, I think it did get a lot of credit, but now that we are in the last few decades, we kind of don't give credit to that anymore. And we really should, because Tim Burton did a fantastic job with these Batman movies. So awesome pick to round out this top 10, AJ. Love it. Um, While we have a little bit of time, if any of us had any honorable mentions, I think we should Shout them out right now, Brittany. Do you have any uh ones that didn't make Rocky it on the Oh my god, it's so oh. funny because I-, I was gonna put Rocky Four. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I, it's like you know, I I didn't know that Rocky actually came out in the 1970s, but I was like, yeah. man, I was like, there's gotta be one in the 80s, and I was just like, because I know the one with the Russian. But I also love the third one because uh, last time I was in college, we had an extra credit where they were like, oh, yeah, if we, we sit and y'all come on a Friday when we didn't have classes and watch all the Rocky films in one day in the auditorium or, like, in this classroom, we will give you extra credit. And I think that they gave up around as one with the Russians. So they were like, you know what, we're done for the day. But I'm Rob Mr. Steve. Rocky IV is my favorite ever just because of Dolph Lundgren as the Russian. If he dies, he dies. dies. (laughs) Like, I know that Sylvester Stallone just came out with a new Rambo, and he probably is never going to come out with a new Rocky because we have the Creed movies, but I really want to see Rocky and the Russian just have a moment again with each other. If he dies, he dies. (laughs) But... I had uh, Rocky IV, and I also had Princess Bride and E.T. on my list. So, um, AJ, did you have any honorable mentions that you didn't get to throw out during our list? I already um, did my honorable mentions, but That's right. I want to talk yeah. about I want to talk about seventies real quick. Um, <laughs> we had Jaws, 
we had Jaws in 75. We had Godfather in 72. Exorcist, which is the perfect horror movie, 73. We had Taxi Driver in 76. Apocalypse Now in 79. New Hope in 77. The 70s were incredible, too. You're giving away all of your picks for when we do best movies of the 70s. I'm serious. We need a 70s one. I'm here for it. Not next week, but maybe the week after, we can do another Saturday night uh, top 10, and we can do the top 10 movies from the 70s so that AJ can actually mention all of those. Um, I feel like there's going to be so many good movies that we have quotes for. You're going to need a bigger vote. (laughs) Oh, man. I know. I know. Oh, my God. But this list was about the 1980s, and I think we did a damn good job for none of us having actually been born in the 80s of breaking down the best movies from this era. And it's clear the influence that the 80s has had on cinema, considering things like Stranger Things are you know, take place in the 80s. I've watched a lot of shit recently that take place in the 80s. And there are new shows that came out, like False and Catch Fire, which you guys know is my new obsession, uh, took place in the 80s. Um, There's just so many, like, movies and TV shows that they're, like, 80s. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly this era is one that people just want to continue living within. So we did an awesome job. Um, I know that we're ending a little earlier than we normally do, but it is a little late, and I think that we accomplished what we need to accomplish. So, um I'm going to give this moment for you guys to kind of plug yourself and, you know, let the audience know what we can look forward to. So, AJ, uh, please tell the uh, listeners, you know, what you got going on. (laughs) Uh, Nothing, really. Just working. Getting ready for Florida. Uh, Can't wait to go to Galaxy's Edge, get myself a legacy lightsaber. Um. Anything else? I don't think so. So, yep, just Florida, getting ready for the beach. I'm happy. You know, What's your Twitter, also, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at AJ underscore Geeks Vibes. Um, I'm usually there basically every night, every day, uh, except for when I'm at work. So, yeah, you just follow this, me there uh, if you want. You do this cool thing uh, on Twitter and Instagram where you kind of do, like, verses like someone versus another and people vote on it. So that's a really nice, like fun, interactive uh, thing for people on the internet to get. Sorry, guys. Apparently they're burning down Yonkers behind me. They're burning down Yonkers. I have to tell you, last night we took the dog on a walk and there was this massive group of people yelling and screaming at each other. And I swear, like six cop cars came in out of nowhere. They like flew. You know, Paulie and I were walking. Paulie and I were walking, and we're like, "Oh man, that's a really loud argument. Like people are going to get in trouble." And all of a sudden, it was like police lights on, sirens. Like they were going down one-way streets and everything. And I was like, "Holy shit!" They're doing pretty much what they're doing behind me right now. So I apologize, everyone, but uh, make sure you check out AJ's social media handles. Um, very, just like a great contributor and. Make sure you check out that Joker article because I'm sorry, uh, it's ridiculous. It's gotten to the point uh, 
that my mom was texting me and she was like, you know, there's terror threats uh, surrounding the Joker movie. And I'm like, well, we're going to go see it anyway. So I guess <laughs> what will be will be. So <laughs> Jesus, hope, you're, yes. hope you're accepting of that. But um, I know very negative. My bad. But Brittany, please tell uh, the listeners where we can find you and what we can look forward to. My brain, when you said, and these cop cars came out of nowhere, all I could think of, and John Cena, coming out of nowhere. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're about to deal with this for the next week, Tia. You better get ready. Which leads me into my next point. You can find me at Brittany underscore Hegel on Twitter and Instagram under both those names because I'm super original. But... Me and T are going to be going to New York Comic Con this coming, uh, not this weekend, next weekend, and expect a lot of pictures from us, a lot of uh, what's going on. We'll try to keep y'all updated. I'm going to be cosplaying, so there's going to be all that fun goodness with that. And if you still happen to see me or T there, give us a hello. We will talk because we love talking people's ears off. So, yeah, that sounds good. Come talk to us. I was going to say that maybe I have some sort of, like, correspondence for the Renaissance Fair tomorrow, but there's absolutely no phone service up there. So, sorry, guys. I'll take pictures. So, in case anyone's actually into that sort of thing, I certainly am. But um, as Brittany says, her and I are going to be at New York Comic Con next Saturday. It's going to be awesome. We have a few interviews lined up, some panels going on. And just in general, love seeing the cosplay type of uh, things, what people – uh, go through and what they put together is absolutely amazing. There's so many talented Make individuals. Make sure to bring me something. Make you sure want to bring something? me something. You're going to be in Florida. <laughs> Where, oh, I want something from Disney World. I haven't been to Disney World okay, since fine. I was we eight. Can, so. what, do you, what do you want? I want a keychain. Give me a keychain. Okay. I'll be fine with a keychain. I, I want an RP's, an assigned RP's. <laughs> if you're gonna give me something, you're gonna have to. I'll go you're gonna that. have to send me. You're gonna have to send me some money. That's just expensive. <laughs> oh god! I remember my first Comic Con. Right, I went there because a friend of mine. This was back in the day, really quick. Uh, before you had to verify your um your Comic Con passes, like you could just like give them to people, and. Um, a friend did a four-day pass, and, like, by the second day, he was like, I'm tired. Here, you can take it. And I went down to New York Comic Con by myself. I was supposed to meet up with friends, could not find them the whole entire day, and I had no phone service, so I was just walking around. And at that point, like, the first Avengers movie had come out, so obviously I was super obsessed with Loki. Found this artist. They did this amazing, like, painting of Loki. It wasn't that big, honestly. It was like maybe a little bigger than an 8 by 11. And I was like, oh, how much is this? Thinking like, if it's 20 or $30, I'll pay for it. And they're like, oh, yes, it's $500, blah, blah. Oh, no. And I, like, <laughs> and I was like nodding as if like I was interested. I was like, oh, great. You know, I was like, you know what? I'll circle back around because I don't want to carry it with me the whole entire compound. And I like booked it away from you that. You ghosted. <laughs> you ghosted. I ghosted. I was like, $500. So. I'll try my best, AJ, but no promises. All right, you're gonna have to pick something was else. That, that was that an artist alley? It was. Whatever um, it's called. Back then, 
they didn't really have an artist alley. They all just kind of were scattered amongst the, like, main place of New York Comic Con. Because, believe it or not, like, it's, I mean, it's huge now, right? But it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't as big as it was, because it has always been big, but they didn't have, like, a separate, like, artist alley when I first started going. It was just all there. And then I think they moved it to make it, like, a little less hectic. So it was just a guy doing, like, a painting. It was, like, $500. And I was like, yeah, no. no. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll message you. I'll message you later. I want to do a little research. Okay. You do that. But um, for anyone who, I guess, has uh, more realistic requests, let me know. No. <laughs> oh, savage. <laughs> but, yeah, please, guys, make sure you check out our coverage. we got a lot of people who are – you know, while Brittany and I are only going on Saturday, Geek Vibes is going to be there all four days of New York Comic Con. Make sure you check out GeekVibesNation.com, our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check out my Twitter and Instagram, TFAB. Um, I'm going to say it again. I really love the interview that I did with Dennis and Marie Liu for the new comic Ling. These two individuals are incredibly passionate about breaking the barrier and bringing diversity into movies with their Asian-American superhero, Ling. So please make sure you check out that interview because it's important and it's awesome. And, yeah, thank you, Brittany. Thank you, AJ, for joining me tonight for our top 10 1980s movie. And we'll see you next week. Empire Strikes Back to the best. (laughs) AJ, watch Beetlejuice. (laughs) 